Welcome back to the Nightlife Podcast, Season 4, Episode 12. Guys, long time no see. I have missed you. I hope you have missed me as well. Um, anyway, you know, pandemic. A lot of stuff going on, definitely. Uh, but I really missed you guys. I really wanted to come back. I've been getting a lot of messages from people saying that they, they want the podcast to, to come back. And, and you know what? I'm not going to keep it away from you. So... <laughs> Um, I'm actually from a new home studio. This is the first interview I'm going to be doing um, th this year, you know, for sure. And um, I'm not going to be stopping. I'm, you're going to be seeing me here every week um, as you used to. And it is also the first time that I use a, uh, a different process from the way that I used to do things. I'm interviewing somebody a little different from the usual as well. And... Um, you know, also using a system something called PodMatch. Anybody out there who's doing podcasts, you definitely got to check this out because they find um, people that could be interesting to have in your show that you would probably not find yourselves as well as find new podcasts where they can interview you if you're interested in being on, on any podcast, you know, and I do encourage all of you to do so. All right. So anyway, guys, without um, further ado... If I remember how to do this, let me bring in my uh, guest this week, Mr. Josh Kelly. How are you, my man? How's it going, man? Doing good. How's how's life uh, in Miami, right? Miami, man. Miami, Miami. Um, where are you at, actually? Uh, north of Seattle. I'm roughly halfway between uh, Canada, Vancouver, BC, and Seattle. Um, okay. So we're actually having nice weather right now. Uh, what my neck of the woods is known for, if you've ever seen any pictures of tulips, in the United States, it almost certainly came from from where I live. We were all about tulips, and so we've got mass, you know, thousands upon thousands of cars visiting for to see our tulips right now. Okay, <laughs> that's nice. Um, so they're pretty. You know, you know what we're known for over here. You know, so I'm not gonna brag. Oh, <laughs> uh, you know, a lot of great yeah. stuff. And a lot of people yeah. talk about oranges and key lime pie, but it, no, that's those are not the main things that uh, <laughs> that people. The, the nightlife of, of Miami is legendary. Yes, it definitely yeah. is. I mean, it's and it's awful. You know what I mean? Like to to see how how it's been affected. You know, with this whole thing. Um, yeah. You know, I I'm sure some of the thing some some things are going to be good in the end in the long run. I I believe that some of the changes might have been necessary and. You know, people may come down a bit, um, in, you know, in a, in a way. But but anyway, the, the point is, it's um, I'm glad that things are coming back to normal, that, uh, that we're opening again. Um, yeah. You know, our state has been open for a while, but but the city yeah. of Miami and, and Miami-Dade County has been having a curfew, uh, a midnight curfew. Oh. Um, yes. The, the thing is this. If you ask people that don't live in Miami and you tell them that we have a curfew, they will tell you, what are you talking about? I see you guys on Instagram. I see social media and Miami's going nuts uh, with the parties, with the boats, with the, you know, parties till five in the morning and all those kinds of things. And yes, the reality is that since it's been, you know, prohibited and it is most people's, you know, way of living, um, they've found ways to just, you know, get around it, you know, and, yeah. and continue to do do so so the reason you're here mainly is because of your bartending expertise yeah. right uh, tell me a little bit about that what how you know what did you do as bartending did you continue to do it so uh 
Okay, my story is a little bizarre. Um, I was actually a pastor for about 15 years. Uh, then I wrote a book uh, with the church I was pastoring. We had to close because um, it just shrunk down to where it was, wasn't sustainable. And so we just packed up our family in a car in a minivan actually and drove around the country for eight months, including Miami, stayed in the Keys for, for a week and loved it out there. Um, and then I came back from that and it's like, okay, I need to find a real job now because traveling is not a job and I didn't want to be a pastor anymore. And there's a lot of jobs you can do just to make money. Um, being a pastor isn't one of them, being a politician, being a doctor, a counselor, you, you should be in those because you believe in it. And, you know, I still believe I mean, I'm still a Christian, but just in terms of that, being a pastor just wasn't of interest and really writing is what, uh, was who I fall in love with. And, but I need to make money and I've always enjoyed, um, people. I need, I need, I knew I needed a job that involved me with people. You, right. know, you put me in fact, you're, you're going to want, I'm going to shoot myself at the end of every shift. Uh, I had a buddy who was, uh, been in the industry for years and he kind of took me under his wing. I started as a bar back at a little, little bar out here in Skagit County and then became a bartender. And just from there, uh, it's, it's a fun job. I mean, right. it's work without a doubt. It, it's a lot of work. But, uh, I mean, you all know that just the, that uh, thrill of when you have the crowds. I mean, it works much smaller bars. So a lot of places I'm at are smaller than anything you'd have there. But, you know, right. like the nights where you send the last, you're the last bartender, you send the previous one home because everything's dead and the place fills up with Navy because we had a, a fairly big Navy base not far from us. So a lot of uh, okay. pilots, a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, they call this the, uh, and of course, O, o um, Club. You know, we're the, we're the officer of the club off base. And so my bar filled up with all these, uh, all these, uh, fly boys who want their drinks and I'm, you know, running solo, I'm grabbing the cook and making him all of a sudden now he's my bar back and just the fun of that, you know, and, right. and you want to some money, no doubt, you know? Um, so there's a lot of it that I enjoyed. It, it was a really fun industry. Um, and I was able to provide for my family with it, but then COVID hit and that kind of evaporated Washington, I think we're the right. second state things down. But let me let um, me back up first a little bit because yeah, yeah. because using the the word the two words in the same sentence pastor and bartender um, mm -hmm. is a first for me. So <laughs> yeah. So be, be, before just okay. So how do you start with pastorship first of all? Yeah. What what took you in that direction? So um, you know I've been a Christian all my life. I love Jesus and I love teaching. I love training. I love taking care of people and I, I love learning. And so it's kind of something I not quite fell into, but kind of as, as I was training, I, biblical languages was my thing. I was into studying Greek. You know, I'm a nerd. And from there, just realized uh, what is pastor supposed to be lines up with all my gifts. And so I just kind of ended up doing that and did, for the most part, really enjoy it. Preaching is a lot of fun if you're into that. And there is that kind of almost entertainer aspect that a bartender is going to have as well as, as a preacher, right. you know, where you're, you're um, when you're on the floor, when you're behind the, the bar, you're on stage, right? Right. You're doing a thing. So a lot of those things were fun. Um, and then so going from that to being a bartender, it starts with. You continue to do a, a lot of listening for sure. You know, because yeah, at the, the bar, you're also doing. Right. Yeah. I mean, you don't have, depending on the bar you're at, I didn't have a lot of the, uh, like the counseling type situations. You know, right. some bars you have more the the guy crying his beer. I had a couple <laughs> situations like that, but not that much. Uh it kind of starts you know there's this framework that you know i work with you know there's a lot of things that start out good and become bad because they're misused money power 
sex and alcohol. You know, I think alcohol is great. There's actually a Bible in the verse that I'm sorry, a verse in the Bible that says that God gave the wine that gladdens the hearts of men. It's like it's biblically speaking, like wine is like this imagery, this standard image for joy. So, yeah, so alcohol itself is not a bad thing, but we screw it up. I mean, and, you know, working in this industry, you know, the number of friends I saw, you know, thinking of this, this sweet kid, you know, who worked back a house and I, I just liked the guy. I really liked him. And, but seeing him come into the bar to get some paper towels because he was so drunk, they fell on the pavement and just smashed his face up. And he's, he's 22 years old. It's like, right. man, it's not the way to live. And so kind of my hope was to like, Hey, here's, here's how we can drink in a way that's, you know, we're having fun, right. but we're not, we're not, we're not miserable. We're not doing really dumb things afterwards. And you know, you're not living, you know, we're not always living for the next drink. And so for that, for me, that's what it was, is really a place to kind of um, do something. I really think, again, I think alcohol is a gift from God, uh, but doing it in a way that it's uh, appropriate. Cause I, I love, I love booze. Right. You know, I love my beers. I love my wine. I love cocktails. I, you know, all of it. I mean, I have, right. I have a decent little cocktail cabinet at home, you know? Right. And so that kind of, did that answer what you're asking? Oh yeah. hundred percent. Let me ask you another question. How did your loved ones, your close, you know, relatives, family, sure. friends, take that change, you know, from pastorship to bartending. Yeah, all my friends are kind of worried. Within Christianity, there's it's a wide scope. It's kind of like you can't say all Americans are the same, right? Because mm -hmm. you go from the, the Northwest where I live to Miami, where you are, it's like, it's practically two different countries. Two different, uh, yeah. You know, so if you go within Christianity, you have you know, Catholicism, and even within Catholicism, you have some really strict, yes, people are still doing, you know, pre-Vatican II, and then you have the Pentecostals, they're all crazy. I mean, they, we're all over the board. Right. And so a lot of my tribe, um, we're, we're good with drinking. We're fine with it. We, we It's kind of what I, what I already said. Uh, my brother is a pretty good, uh, he, he makes some pretty good cocktails himself. He's an Edward Jones advisor, and, you know, we get to kind of compare notes. Um, we've kind of taught my mom how to drink, <laughs> you know. <laughs> my, my dad's a little bit more, he'd rather just have his Dr. Pepper. Um, right. <laughs> but, uh, so friends and family, the people I was close to were largely good with it. Uh, I remember early on, one of my earlier shifts, I saw someone from a church. I used to be an assistant pastor at, she came into the, into the bar and I saw her eyes immediately like kind of flip to my uh, ring finger because okay. she's like, it, what, what happened? You know what? Cause all she could imagine is that if this guy who used to be a pastor is now bartender, he must've had an affair and been kicked out of his <laughs> church. Or like, right. It's always the worst. Yeah. Yeah. So no, I'm just doing a job. This is, I, I, one of my big philosophies of life is that work is good. Hard work, working hard is a good thing. It's a noble thing. Um, and whether you're a garbage, you know, picking up garbage at the garbage truck or you're, you know, running a business, bartending, whatever you're doing, you can, working hard is noble. And so for me to be put in the hours to provide for my family, that's a noble thing. And, um, uh, I have more respect, obviously, now having, you know, been behind the stick for that long, of how much work it takes and um, right. what, a, you know, working on your feet and the number of miles I put in on any given day. Right. A hundred percent. So you continue to do this, right? Right now, the bartending, you say you're, you're. So actually what ended up happening. So as a, the reason why I chose bartending, aside from I wanted a job that allowed me to write because writing is really my passion. Right. Um, so I was actually, I was working on a novel and bartending just gave me that great schedule where um, I could go to the co local coffee shop, start around 
nine o'clock right all morning, go in for my shift. Um, by, the, by the end of my time there, I was uh, had mainly lunch shifts. I've been there long enough. Like I got to get the primo shifts for me. What was a primo shift? Okay. And uh, just kind of allowed me to write as I continued to bartend. Then COVID came, the uh, bar was shut down. And now suddenly I, I'm finding myself, I'm getting the unemployment, which uh, once we get, there's a couple things we had to get nailed out. Some of it was screwy initially, but once I got figured out, I could make a living. I couldn't do anything else. So I wrote more. I kind of found my way into ghostwriting. And what ghostwriting is basically, it's like, you know, I've been studying how to write for 15 years, right? Okay. You know, and so you've been doing entertainment. You've been doing bartending for a while, for a while. And right. if you ever wanted to like write like a great book about your topic, you're not going to take the 15 years to study writing because you're doing your real job. Right. And so that's what goes right is, you know, I work with someone who's like, they've got whatever experience, whether a politician, a teacher, whatever, and I bring my writing. So I help them. And so I kind of ended up falling into it a bit, just like through some crazy connections. Right. And then um, I'm now able to do that full t- full time living. I awesome. as the as the bar started to open up, I started initially picking up shifts. I don't, as soon as uh, my county opened, I was I was literally got two jobs that day because again, I'm going to take care of my family. I believe in hard work. Uh, but after at, a little at, while, at this point in time, anybody who wants to can work most likely, right? Yeah. I, initially, there was it kind of took a while to get people in. A lot yeah. of people were afraid there weren't that many shifts. But this was um, this would have been last summer before we were shut down the second time. Right. So be- right. shortly before things got shut down the second time here, um, I got to where I was busy enough with my writing gigs. That's like, I, I make better money writing. And so I, I went to the place I was at and said, guys, I love you. Thank you so much for the opportunity, but I just have to. Right. Actually, right I said, I'm sorry, I can do one shift a week. And I did that. I said that knowing someone else is going to want that shift uh, as a Friday night shift. By the way, I, I love, writing myself um now oh, yeah? I'm, I'm not well educated in it you know the way that you have been learning you know for 15 years but um let me ask you something someone like yeah. you a ghostwriter normal mm-hmm. let's say somebody comes and says i need you to write a book for my topic specifically and mm-hmm. you know gives you whatever um you need uh, for that to happen how long some does does it take this for somebody like you to 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 write a 120 page <laughs> book let's say for a topic I would say it depends on how much they know their, their topic already. If they've already been doing a lot of thought and they've been making some notes, you know, two months. Okay. If I'm having to coach them more through, you know, a bit longer. Now, one of the things I do is coach other people through writing their own books. So right. like they want to do that because they enjoy writing and writing is a blast. I'm not, right. I, I, I so, hear you. And I asked you for a reason and that's to, to mm-hmm. explain how the difference between an experienced writer and a non-experienced writer. I wrote my own book, yeah. but oh, cool. it took me three years to write. Yeah. <laughs> 100 pages, 120 pages. You know what I mean? So, so, so I, you know, uh, I, I, I understand. Yeah. I imagine how hard it is. I'm hard in a way. Yes. I mean, like how hard it is for somebody like me that doesn't know what they're doing and, and uh, watching YouTube videos all day on the subject <laughs> and trying to self-educate and, and learn whatever, That's you awesome. know, I mean, I, I, I do believe I did a good job. Actually, that is yeah. what got me into doing the podcast later and, and getting awesome. into yeah. creating courses on this subject and all that kind of stuff. Um, but, uh, but I also fell in love with writing that I did not know was something I, I would love so much. Yeah. That's so cool. And, and now here's the thing, by doing what you've already done, first of all, three years, my first book was about two two years, two and a half years. So three years, 
is great. Or my, and my first novel was five years because I was bartending at the same time and having to, it's such a different medium. I had to learn so much. Um, that's awesome. And that's education. I mean, right. There's uh, that's, that's so cool that you took that time to, to, to put into writing a good book and study. I mean, that's no, you know huge. what, from, from having Dixon and Fish, one of the things I would love to say to those people that are out there listening, that are bartenders or that are promoters or that, you know, that work in the industry and have a, a tough time right now is there are other things out there that you may be putting aside that you may be wanting to do for a long time. And, and this has yeah. been the perfect time for you to take, you know, do that. Um, you know, yeah. yes, things are are now, you know, coming back to normal and you may be going back to work, you know, uh, 100% of the time, whatever, whatever you will probably have some time to do those things. So, so anything that you can put a little time into and start doing may end up, you know, surprising you later on and figuring out that this is the one thing I want to be doing for the rest of my life. So, so don't, don't not do it. You want to be seen as the best club in town, the best restaurant in town or the best venue in town, or you want to be seen as the best club promoter or promoting company in town. Well, there's only one way you can do this, and that is with digital marketing. You have to set the record straight with Tripod Marketing Agency. You know what I mean? That's awesome. Yeah. And the, the thing about writing is, you know, it's just the discipline of starting. You know, just if you're every day spending, you know, half an hour chipping away at something, like actually writing, you know, as a paragraph, you're, you're ahead of most people. Right. And it's, 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 it is a discipline. That's, that's a trick, you know, yeah, bartending. So, so my three, my three years, um, the main reason for the three years was three kids. Um, <laughs> I, I started and I said, you know what, I have to get it done before my first, you know, my, my, my oldest was born and, wow. um, and then he was born and then I had a huge pause and then my wife was pregnant. And then when I heard it was twins coming, I was like, I got to get this going now. <laughs> um, that's Ooh. when I accelerated and I was able to finish uh, within the three that's years. Awesome. Um, that's so awesome. Um, so another thing that you said you would, you love doing was traveling, right? But, um, yeah. This kind of job, has it ever, you know, been something that, you know, the... Travel and writing go hand in hand in a way, right? Yeah. I mean, they can, yeah. Um, and and I think bartender as well. I mean, I, I think you probably can find a job as a bartender in most places, right? Yeah. And it's something I thought about, you know, um, before I kind of knew how things would end up. It's easy to look back and see how everything was working out, but at the time, I had no idea. Mm -hmm. um, the realization, yeah, I could pick up and get a job anywhere, right? You know, because I was a pretty good bartender, you know. Not necessarily like like the best. We're not talking like James Beard Award or anything, but you know, good with people. I I, I can make decent cocktails and you know, ADHD, you know, up to wazoo. So you know, can yeah. do all that. Um, but just it wasn't anything I that you know, with still having two fairly young kids. They're now sixteen and eighteen. Right. But it just I wasn't in a place where I'm going to be moving around anymore. So I enjoyed travel, but what I really see happening, my hope is that with the type of writing I do that uh I, my dream would be to just go like hey let's let's go to you know bangkok because you know rent is exceedingly cheap in bangkok and just spend two months two three months with my, my wife living there and writing from there because if i have a good internet connection i'm good right um i just so believe in I, I love experiences i love seeing the world i'd rather spend money on experience than on a thing any day right and so yeah i mean uh, that's, that's why 
around the country. It's all. It's definitely gonna help you with the writing, hundred percent. You know, any of those, those experiences, especially the um, novels, and you know that that's one thing I admire um, a lot is people that you know coming up with with, with ideas that you know from mm -hmm. zero completely and putting yeah. out there. That's yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing. It's an absolute trip. You know, being writing a novel in some ways is one of the bizarre things you can do because you're creating. A completely fabricated world it becomes very real to you right. when I, I was working on a particular scene and i poured myself some some uh irish whiskey and i'm sipping on it and as i'm writing i'm feeling guilty because the character i'm whose voice i was writing in would not approve of me drinking and oh, wow. so i'm feeling guilty for drinking <laughs> it's like, right that's right. crazy that's crazy uh, you know that that the, the the drinking side you you mentioned i was going to ask you about about you know, um, mocktails and, and drinks mm -hmm. without alcohol, because mm -hmm. when you when you mentioned, you know, being a pastor before and and I, I have lost actually a lot of clientele to Christianship <laughs> that that um, the ones that yeah. I guess uh, to becoming Christians that don't drink, uh, you know, that do the yeah. extreme to the extreme or other yeah. religions or reasons. But um, uh, after, you know, I've been doing this for like 26 years now. And wow. I, I keep running into more and more people that are, you know, drinking a lot less than they used to. Um, yeah. In the next couple of days, I have to do a presentation in, in, uh, in Russia for um, talking about the subject of hospitality and where things are going in nightlife industry, etc. And mm -hmm. one of the subjects that I've been um, researching a lot on is the fact that a lot of people in the, the new generation drinks a lot less than us. Um, yeah, our yeah. our generation is trying to stop drinking a little bit more. The um, you know the pandemic, although we did drink a lot more at home, uh, mm -hmm. we didn't end up drinking more in, in in general because we would drink more right. going out and all those kinds of things. You know, you don't get as crazy at home as 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 you do when you're at an event or whatever. Um, right. So so a lot is happening. Um, there and I actually, I actually thought maybe, maybe that's the kind of bartending he does. He's not, you know, non-alcoholic. But you, you already, you know, mentioned that it has nothing to do with it. That the fact is the opposite completely. But how do you feel yeah. about non-alcoholic drinks as a bartender who loves his booze? Uh, if I could find one that was good, I'd, I'd be fine with it. <laughs> you know, right. it's it, the taste is huge. So a lot of times I'll try to do stuff that's a bit lighter. Um, like my favorite thing is an Americano done with a pretty heavy on the on the soda, just because you just put put you just put a splash of, of the uh, the Campari and, and the sweet vermouth in there in a, in a fair fair amount of club soda, and you have a very tasty drink. Right. But I've had some like the non-alcoholic gins, and oh, I'm so, I, good luck. I, I, you know, hey, awesome that you're trying, but right. it just wasn't any good. Got it. Um, yeah, because I, I do hear I, that a lot of the big companies like the Diageos of the world are, you know, and, and when it comes to beer, the InBevs and all that, they're talking about, you know, having all kinds of products with non-alcohol. Non I mean, I, yeah. I, I'm sure they're going to get them right at some point, <laughs> you know, from, from what I, I, I haven't tasted much, uh, to be honest yeah. with you. But I do get a lot of, you know, the new generation is more into fitness. They're eating healthier. Yeah. Um, they don't like, they're not friends of the hangover as we used to be, yeah. you know, for us, a hangover was like part of it, part of life, you know, <laughs> uh, 
Um, it's right. like I'm, a, you know, I'm a, I'm a real man now. <laughs> you know, I don't know what what's, um, but but things are changing. I don't know. Also, yeah. there's there's another part that that may have to do a little bit with the growth in the cannabis world, and and mm-hmm. you know, there's a little bit of a this be, sure. being replaced one for the other CBD products and that kind of th- stuff. But um, but I guess uh, the Navy people that come to you guys are not the ones asking for non-alcoholic drinks at this moment in time. No, they, they, they certainly were still drinking. I mean, I, I would love to see, there's kind of like there's this sweet spot between um, having fun and going too far. Mm-hmm. And it's trying to stay in that sweet spot that, that uh, if I, for me myself, I know if I can stay there, I'm, I'm enjoying life a lot more. Right. And it's kind of, if I can kind of moderate, you know, just, I don't have to be pounding them. I can be choosing a, you know, I'm, I'm, a big beer drinker, but you know, maybe not all of them have to be double IPAs. Choose something with a little bit of the lower ABV just so I can enjoy it longer. Right. And kind of a, a big thing, and this is maybe this is preaching a little bit, but I don't think it is. And that is that um, the problem with alcohol is not alcohol itself. It's when it's used too far and it makes us miserable. Uh, we start uh, uh, being abusive. We get in a car. It's most destructive. Right. And so if any extent to which I could help people uh, drink in a, in a moderate way so they're enjoying themselves more, not less. We have this idea that if God says, you know, don't do X, Y, Z, it's because X, Y, Z must be really fun. Well, no, it's because X, Y, Z is actually going to make you miserable. Right. You know, so stop before you get to, to X, you know. Right. And that was one of my things, as, uh, even as a pastor, was, you know, Christians within my circle were starting to drink. is becoming more and more acceptable. It's like, okay. So I need to be teaching these guys how to drink in an appropriate manner because their friends aren't going to be teaching them how to be appropriate. Right. They're going to be teaching them to to get wasted. And, you know, I also started drinking when I was a little bit older, I'd say like 25. So that kind of helped in that I was not quite as inclined to enjoy the hangover. Um, (laughs) I'm not saying I never got, you know, not saying it never happened, right? But I, I, I didn't. It wasn't happening every week because I hated it, and my wife hated it even more. You know, right? And so, as a bartender, you know, my belief that the bartender's basic job. This is the hospitality world. Is our basic job is to help people have fun, right? And that's it. And it's a good job. That's kind of are, a fun job to have. Are are bar- bartenders in your eyes responsible for the excess meaning somebody's drinking too much should be should they be the ones to stop them it's such a tricky thing i mean of course you have the legalities i, I don't know about uh florida but in washington we you know there's over service laws and you know if you um right appear uh surf someone appears to be intoxicated blah 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 you can get into right. trouble it's a tricky thing it's like okay let's say like uh Let's say like a uh, internet salesman. Like, like, let's say you're like you install internet. You install internet cable. You could go to someone's house and set them up for internet, and they could use that internet to do all sorts of illegal things. They're they're wrong. They're damaging, you know, life. Whatever it is, are you responsible for it? Hmm. Well, I don't think so. Right. If, if if you enter an industry where there's no way to do it in a way that's an, that's appropriate, you know, I. I I honestly don't think there's any like really good way to like be a pimp. You know, if you're if you're going to be taking advantage of people, that job right away is bad. If that's right. entirely the job, no. But if your job is one that can be misused, that doesn't necessarily make the bad the job bad. So as a bartender, um, I, I believe that people are going to make the choices they make, and I will try to you know 
if I'm given the, the uh, opportunity, I may say something. Right. And of course, we all know the tricks are slowing down service and, you know, kind of Correct. Like waiting a little while to get back to the table and all that stuff. But I remember early as a bartender watching this gal, she'd been off cigarettes for like, you know, three, four weeks and the bar sold cigarettes. And I watched her talk herself back into smoking. And everyone around her was like, don't do it, don't do it. And she was like, I could tell she was going to because she was. She decided she was going to, and she was going to, uh, there's nothing I could do. I, I hated right. it, but it was, in the end, it's her choice. She's an adult. And um, yeah, so it's tricky. Hmm. And I have to look for the opportunities where I may have an opportunity to kind of like, hey, by the way, but a lot of times you don't have that. They're not looking for that. And right. it just, you know. How do you feel about drinking on the job? And I mean this job, not any other. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, in my state, uh, it's is illegal. You okay. know, so that that kind of set, makes that easy. I mean, right. there's got like when we had our bid, there's a big um, called the Oyster Run. It's this big, massive uh, uh, motorcycle rally. So we kind of had a tradition of doing shot for net. You know, before the bikers showed up. So I skirted that occasionally, but in general. Um, well, even if it's not illegal, it's like, I want to be able to do the best job I can. And the clarity I need to be able to interact the way I have to interact. I mean, you know how it is. You have to be able to like, uh, I, I had to be able to read a customer within three seconds to know, do they want me to tease them? Do they want to be treated with respect? You know, mm-hmm. I need all of my wits about me to do the best job to take care of them. Right. And when I, I watch people say, oh, I'm a better bartender when I'm drinking. Uh, no, I'm working with you. I one time had to kick my manager off the floor because she was drunk. Yeah, like, I've heard you guys. Yeah, you heard people. Say, I've, I've heard people say I can drive better when I'm drunk. You know, like it's. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You can definitely right. not make the right decision. You know, just by saying that alone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So, so for me, uh, I think there is a legal aspect, but for me, uh, just I want to be on the top of my game, and. Right. Uh, I mean, I guess people think that maybe you're, it helps you like be more friendly or be more open or less scared of people. You can do that without the booze. I mean, really, it's it's just learning to to be open and be yourself and, and all that sort of stuff. So that, that that's my take. Right. But you know, if someone else just thinks otherwise, I'm not gonna you know I'm not gonna right. judge them as their call. Correct. But Correct. just don't get shift. A hundred percent. All right. So it's been half an hour. I don't want to you know take. Um any more of your time but um but if you if you see Don't time stop. goes flies flies by when when you know you're having a, a nice conversation um okay. where where okay so where can people go find you bring you some tulips and and uh and go have yeah. a drink so uh my website is joshkelly.inc my name uh j-o-s-h-k-e-l-l-e-y dot inc i-n-k like the stuff you write with and you're welcome to come visit me there so i do as i, as I said ghostwriting also like coaching people through the writing process. So like one of my clients uh, is really big, has a podcast that's really big within his area and he wants to write his own book, but I'm meeting with him occasionally to kind of, I'm good at helping him to develop the structure because you, you know how it is when you first approach a book, it's so like huge, it seems impossible right. to do. Right. But you know, if you have someone who's done a while, I can kind of help people guide them through that process. And um, right. so yeah. Awesome, awesome. I'm actually in the process of thinking of doing the, the a new edition of this you know nice because it has been a, you know three and a half years or so or, or, that it came out already um and uh and i am also translating into spanish <laughs> 
very soon. Cool. I don't know if you do that part. All right. Hey guys, thank you so much, Josh. And um, absolutely, guys, do Julio, not. Thank you so much. No, no problem. Do not forget to get my book on Amazon, <laughs> and go visit us at nightlife.university. Uh, follow me at the Nightlife Entrepreneur on Instagram and all social medias. See you guys next week.